Now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes to chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Reel Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And good evening, Southern California. Thank you, Mark Larson, and welcome to Rod and Real Radio. Hey, we've got a great show lined up for tonight. A lot of information, a lot of facts, a lot of fun, I hope so. So thank you very much for tuning in to tonight. Hey, before we get started, let me just go over some of the guests we have with you. Hey, we're going to have owner and operator of El Cajon Ford himself. We've got the 2015 El Cajon Ford San Diego Team Open. This gentleman has been the title sponsor for this event for the past 17 years. Mr. Paul Leader is going to be with us. And then at 525, owner-operator of Searcher Sports Fishing, Captain Art Taylor, he's going to be with us. Wendy had just coming back from a trip that... She was on with Captain Art, so we're going to go over the details of that trip. And then starting at 6.03, there's been one family here in San Diego that has had a rich tradition of supplying San Diego with fishing, fresh fish, and seafood for over 60 years. That's the Gio family. Craig Gio from Anthony's Restaurants, he's going to be with us. So it's a fun show. Before we get started, though, let me introduce to you the co-host of Rod and Reel Radio, she is the national sales manager for Iserline and a pretty darn good sportsman in her own right, Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing, ma'am? Good evening, John. I'm doing great and had a great time on the searcher with Iserline and Bass Pro Shop. Well, we've got Captain Art Taylor from the searcher going to be with us. So we're going to go through all the great times that you had on and the great fishing, too. I want to remind you that uh, Stan Vandenberg, He's off tonight. He's at the Hollywood Bowl absorbing some culture. So hopefully next week he'll be with us and he can tell us all about that adventure. Hey, let's get started with the show. Coming on up starting next Sunday night is going to be the 17th annual El Cajon Ford San Diego Team Open. It's one of the most prestigious bass fishing events here in Southern California. We've got with us the fellow that came up with the idea and... The fellow that's owner-operator of El Cajon Ford, who has been the title sponsor for this event for all those many years, Mr. Paul Leader. Paul, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, John. Good introduction. <laughs> that's all I right. I love Mark Larson. Where'd you steal Mark Larson from? Hey, you know what? Uh, most of the things uh, on this show go to the lowest bidder, so Mark stepped right <laughs> on up. <laughs> you mean my guy is the lowest bidder, right? 
Hey, you better believe it. Mark Larson has been introducing Alcone Ford for, I don't know, how long have you had Mark on with you, Paul? 25 years. Holy Christopher. Well, he's doing a great job. You know, we used to have a big tuna bill doing the introduction, and there came a time where we just had to change, and Mark was more than happy to step up and help us out, Paul. So we want to thank you. He does a good job, John. Hey, thank you, sir. Hey, but speaking about a good job, can you believe this? 17 years this tournament has been going on. It was actually 18 years ago in your office that we kind of got together and, and, and you came up with the idea of this a tournament. You want to talk a little bit about some of this event and, uh, you know, some of the things that have happened over the years? Well, it started when I was fishing the WN. A bass circuit, and uh, you know, I fished a lot of tournaments. And I always thought there was something missing, you know, something that would be more challenging. So when we had that meeting in the office that day, uh, you know, it was decided that we would have a two-day event on two different lakes and flip-flop the guys and put up a, a decent, uh, you know, a fee for winning it. So it's worked out really well. I'm really pleased with how it's been every year and. Uh, I don't have any doubts it won't be any better. It'll be just as good this year, John, as it always has been. Well, we are looking forward to a good event, and thanks to you and the men and women of Elkhorn Ford, you've stood behind this event for a long time. I mean, this year, to the winning team, we are offering a guaranteed purse of $6,000, and that's only the beginning of all the great prizes and some of the monies that are available for fishermen that do well. Yeah, we put in over a couple hundred thousand for this event, John. Well, tell me, the, the reason <clears> for the, the event, I mean, you years. just you just didn't want to run a fishing event. What what was one of the real reasons behind this event, uh, Paul? The real reason was to just to have something different, John, and it would attract uh, the best fishermen. And, uh, you know, the two-day event was unusual because nobody has a two-day event. And flip-flopping the lakes, nobody's ever done that. And there were basic reasons why we thought it might work. Well, it sure seems to have over the year. And I've got to tell you, Paul, there are a few fishermen that have fished every event, the first 16. Uh, Coming up 17, I think we've got three or four guys that have. But you've been right up there in front. You have fished every one. Right. You know, yeah, I, I still enjoy it, and I'm still able to get around, so I'm still out there trying to make it happen. Yeah, but, Paul, over the years, your partner has changed, and, and tell us about this uh, this new partner that you have. Well, I've only had two. I had Bama for years, and then uh, when my grandson came around, and he's working for me, uh, and he's become uh, one of the best fishermen in San Diego, uh, you know, we decided to hook up, and uh, it's been uh, quite successful ever since. Well, you know, this is not an easy event to win because the way it's structured, the fishermen are fishing for points. They're not necessarily fishing for total weight. So someone can't start off on the first day with with some type of gigantic weight and slide in and win this tournament. They've got to fish well for both days on two different lakes. And this is a great format you came up with, Paul. Yeah, and the points worked out the best because... Just as you pointed out, there has been years when there's been big bags on that first lake, and he wouldn't even have had to fish the second day. He had such a good thing. But this takes away all that. 
if you come first to, in one lake the first day, you better be up there in the second lake, second day to have a shot at it. You know, this event has been around for so long that we have seen some changes. You came up with this format because at the time we started, San Vicente was still in play down here, and San Vicente was fishing tremendously, and it was El Capitan that was sort of like the, the red-haired, freckled-faced kid of the group. They, uh, uh, it, that was a tough lake. And then when San Vicente closed, we had to decide, well, where were, where were we going to go? And you decided, well, why don't we do Otai and El Capitan? And it turned out that El Capitan all of a sudden was a big lake with the big uh, uh, you know, stringers of fish, and Otai was a little bit more difficult. You could catch fish, but you couldn't catch the fish at El Capitan. So, you know, the years have actually changed the format of this event just a little bit. Yeah, and uh, Otai now is turning around, which is a good lake for uh, for volume and for weight. And well, El Cap, of course, is similar to what it's always been. Well, you know, and it, as difficult as this event is to win there's only been a couple of two-time winners but you are fishing with your one partner right now that uh it was i don't know it was about five years ago that actually won this event so that had right. to be pretty pleasing for you it sure was and in fact i think uh the time him and wade Trellick won it it was they were partners and they have won the most money of uh, any of the tournaments they went over ten thousand dollars for that event yeah well Paul, we're going to be starting off with the team meeting at noon on Sunday, August 9th. And last year, we could not have the team meeting at Alcon Ford like we had wanted to because you had some remodeling happening over there. Now, for people that haven't been by Broadway and Maine and El Cajon, tell us, how has that progressed? John, it's, a, it's sort of a miracle in my eyes because we don't just remodeled it. We rebuilt it. We gutted the old dealership, and thanks to Jimmy Slight's construction company, he built us a wonderful new new place. And uh, it's state-of-the-art, and it's clean, and it's just a joy to come back to work every day. You know, I, I, I think the first time I walked into uh, Elkhorn Ford was in the early 1980s, and I just like the warm feeling of it. it. It was, you know... It, it was just a place where you kind of felt like you talked to the people. Uh, they were everyday men and women. You know, yes, you were going in there to do a transaction. And, and I didn't know what this uh, remodel might do to that particular feeling. But when you had the grand opening of Elkhorn Ford, where you had Tony Gwynn's family over there, you had a lot of munchies, you had a lot of dignitaries. People had a chance to come in. And see the dealership. I, I've got to. I got to tell you, I felt more at home than ever. And I'm only in the dealership maybe you know a, a few times every year. You, you guys did a great job with that. Well, thanks, John. It, we feel the same way you do about it. And it's just like walking into a bank with clear, shiny tile floors and wonderful lighting and wonderful paint, and just a, a great atmosphere for our customers. They can really come in and relax and. And uh, it's gone over real well, John. Well, you know, and Paul, I, I know you like selling new and used cars, but I've got to tell you a story, and this is not a setup. Two days ago, I had a customer here in the shop, and uh, my counterman, Chuck, and this individual, they were talking about their diesel trucks. And 
he had tried to take, he had had the check engine light on his truck go on. And he had tried to take it back to the dealership where he had bought the vehicle. And the dealership said, I'm sorry, it's going to take two or three weeks for you to, uh, if you make an appointment now, to come on in so we can do a diagnostic on that truck. And he says, you got to be kidding me. I, the check engine light is on. I, I can't wait two or three weeks. He gave Alcone four to call. They said, come on in. In two hours, he was in and out. And the problem was solved. So I've got to say, with with the the new makeup of the dealership, service is still number one over at Elkhorn Ford. Right on, John. You put it right right where it should be. And uh, you know, we're trying to help everybody all the time as quick and possible. Is get them in and get them out, and make sure we do the job right. Well, hey, let's go back to the uh, tournament now. It's going to be Monday and Tuesday. It's going to be at. El Capitan and Otai, some of the fishermen, they really want to start off on one lake over one of the other lakes. How? What's your feeling on that, Paul? Well, I think most of them probably would agree, John, that uh, they like to go to El Cap first because they think they can get the big bag. I guess out but of the... the big bag's at Otai, too. You just got to know how to fish it. You better believe it. You just fished an event that uh, Jim Slight ran for the... Uh, Elkhorn Four Day Series uh, here just uh, a, a week or so ago. How'd you do in that? We finished third. Wow, <laughs> we did good. We were just, you know, it was so close. The top five guys were within a pound of each other. Wow, that that is something. So we just want to remind those fishermen that might be listening to us out there that the 17th annual Elkhorn Ford San Diego Team Opens going to be taking place starts next Sunday. August the 9th, you can go to one of your local tackle stores here in uh, Southern California. You can uh, go to Angler's Marine up in Anaheim. You can pick up an entry form. You can go to sdteamseries.com, pick up an entry form there, or you can give us a call here at Rod and Reel Radio at Angler's Arsenal. We'll get a form to you, but you don't want to miss out on this event because this is the event of the year, and it's for bragging rights almost of all Southern California the team that wins this event, Paul. Good job, John. You're you're right on on everything you just said. Right, and so it's going to be a two-day event. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about it more next week. Uh, but Paul, I you know what happens if you if you win the the money or you win first place? You're going to take that money and just uh, uh, donate it back to uh, the tournament? Are you kidding? <laughs> it's too hard to win, John. To give it back. <laughs> Plus, I've already I'm already a couple hundred thousand for the 17 years. So, John, come on. Anyways, what we're not saying uh, here before I leave you is the man that uh, has run this tournament all these years, and I'm speaking to him now, Johnny Cassidy, good friend of mine, good friend to all the fishermen in San Diego, and he's done a wonderful job with this tournament, and will continue to do so. Well, Paul, we've had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, we've had some great times. Uh, uh, thanks to you, we have awarded a lot of prize and monies to the team fishermen of, of Southern California. Uh, I hope that tradition continues here, especially we look forward to San Vicente opening up and maybe running this event, hopefully next year on San Vicente, and, and that uh, we'll be talking about even better fishing than we have right now. You got that right. Let's say a prayer and get us open over there. I understand it's ready to go. 
And uh, there's no reason why we won't be there next year, John. All right. Well, Paul Leader, owner-operator of El Cajon Ford, title sponsor for the 2015 El Cajon Ford San Diego Team Open. Paul, thank you for so- your support, not only with this event, but the Team Series, the Night Series, and the other events and organizations that El Cajon Ford supports here in San Diego. There's a lot of goodwill that couldn't happen without your support. We want to thank you very much, sir. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. All right, Paul. You have a good evening. We look forward, if not seeing you during the week, seeing you Sunday starting at 12 o'clock at El Cone Ford for the kickoff of the 2015 El Cone Ford San Diego team. Open. Yeah, Paul, and again, John, on that uh, Sunday, you can also register at the time You can register. drawing. Yep, we've sent some notes out on that. You can register at the time, but if you register early, we're going to have a special drawing for those teams that have registered early. So uh, make sure to do that if you can. Paul, thanks for being with us. Thanks, John, again. All right. Hey, this is Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronreelradio.com. Stay tuned. There's still more to come with Captain Art Taylor from Searcher Sports Fishing. We'll be right back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you. 
with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your fade casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, quantum fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. And Southern California, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Well, Wendy, you just came back. It seems like this past two weeks has been an enduro with you with uh, long-range trips uh, going on out on our coastal waters and then another long-range trip. But you just came back from another sensational trip. You've invited a special guest to be with us. So why don't you make the introductions, please? He smells. Hi, my boat. And I've been on the searcher since 2004, every year since. And we have an Iserline sponsored trip along with Bass Pro Shop. And Captain Art Taylor is the best, been around forever, and knows how to find fish. So I'd like to introduce our next guest, Captain Art Taylor. Art, glad to be with you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, Art, it is our pleasure to to have you. I mean, is there any way in the uh, the few minutes that we have on with you that you can begin to capsulize the season that we're seeing? That's 2015. Well, I guess you could uh, just sum it up with one word, and that's remarkable. With uh, lots and lots and lots of fish around, and the quality is. Incredible, with uh, large pools of bluefin tuna and good, great yellowfin close to home, and big, big yellowtails up to 30 pounds on kelp patties offshore, with more Dorado all the time. And then uh, in the yellowtail zone off the Baja, California, there's uh, lots and lots of opportunities for some great fishing. You know, and, you know, this season has seemed to evolve. I mean, it started off really strange in February and March where we were catching bluefin tuna off the Cortez Bank. And then it's it, it's kind of evolved. Is that a misconception on my part, or is, is it really the way it's happened? No, you would be accurate with that, you know, uh, along with that yellowtail fishing that was going on in January and February uh, on the Baja Coast. There. That was something that we haven't seen in a really long time. Uh, Captain Art, uh, this El Nino that we're, we're having, I mean, we didn't really have it last year. We had great fishing last year. 
They're saying that we're going to have the mother of all El Ninos. Can you can you kind of explain to us from uh, you know a skipper standpoint what the El Nino means and how it is affecting the fishing in our grounds here? Well, you know, the El Nino is a warm water net that's close to the equator. And, uh, you know, it produces warm water off the coast here. And so we have a warm water event which produces good conditions and exotics and all the things that we expect to get in the fall. But uh, it's happened earlier, and so that, that's um, it in a nutshell. It's uh, all about the warm water, and, uh, you know, there's plenty of fish that live in that warm water, and it gives us more opportunity. Captain Art, do you think, though, that we're going to have too much of a good thing? I mean, it seems like the yellowtail have missed us and uh, uh, have gone up north. And we've had the bluefin here. What a tremendous bluefin bite. But it almost seems like they're kind of edging up north. And now we're waiting for the wait, the, the next wave. Is that kind of, does that, you know, sound like what's happening right now? Well, the bluefin are around and have been around, like you said, since February and March. And uh, they're incredibly close, close to the coast, um, with, you know, within 30 miles of the coast. Uh, there have been days when within 10 miles there's big schools of bluefin tuna that don't bite all that well for our application. It's great for the private boater, which is exceptional and good for those guys. And uh, the, the only thing that I would say would be that, you know, I don't think that the yellowtail has passed us by. Uh, there's opportunities for yellowtail on kelp within 60 miles of San Diego, and they're up to 30 pounds. And really good fishing. So um, the next wave would be yellowfin tuna, which is a little bit further down the coast right now. I would anticipate those moving closer to Southern California. Yeah, you know, John, the last day of our five-day trip, Art um, took us to a patty that was just, Loaded with fish. I mean, what a way to end the trip. Everybody was hooked up. We had yellowfin, different brown. We had Dorado and we had yellowtail. The fishing this year is amazing. And they are here. They're close. They're far. They're, they're in between. And the only thing I can say is that um, maybe the water might be getting too warm for the sardines. We might be using more mackerel, you know, as far as what I'm seeing along the coast from our from our um, bay barges. You know, going out there with sardines by the end of, you know, you get to your destination, sardines are dead in a small bait tank. But since they have a bigger bait tank, maybe that's a different story. But, um, I, you know, I don't know how the sardines are going to last if the water is any warmer. You know, our... Last uh, Sunday night, we had Buck Everingham from Everingham Brothers Bait Company on, and I've got to kind of tip my hat off to those people. I mean, over the years, they have, you know, been an integral part of making San Diego a world-class fishery by supplying bait, and then the the sports fishing fleet has grown around that with world-class vessels, but they are doing one heck of a job, 
trying to keep you guys at bait. It's a tremendous amount of vessels going out, tremendous amount of demand for the bait, and and uh, Everyham Brothers is uh, seem to be doing a decent job. Well, you know something, um, Buck Irvingham does a great job, and his crews do a great job in keeping us supplied with live bait. And, you know, to be truthful about it, uh, the live bait is what sets San Diego apart from all the fisheries globally because we have the live bait that we fish with. And we're very, very lucky to have Irvingham Brothers flying us. Um, you know, we get cured bait. And uh, it uh, lived well for us. And uh, like I said, uh, you think about other fisheries in different parts of the world, they don't have that sort of um, capability because of the state aspect. But we're very, very lucky to have Herbingham Brothers, and they do a great job for us. They do a job for all the fishermen of San Diego County and Southern California for sure. But all right, let's let's compare this year to like you were uh, fishing when the El Nino of the mid '90s uh, came along, and do you see any similarities uh, from that event to this event? Absolutely. Whenever you get a warm water event, you have a chance for exotics. You know, I, in 1983 we had a, a warm water event and. We had a regulation bite around the East of San Benitos on Wahoo that was uh, pretty incredible and something that we hadn't seen before. And there are some Wahoos that are showing up uh, north of San Benitos and Cedric Island currently. And that happened last year as well with the warm water event that we had last year. So uh, there's definitely similarities with uh, warm water event like we're having this year. Right. Now, uh, if you can explain to us and, and help us understand, because there's there's just been a, a lot of conflicting information and it's finally coming on down. The bluefin regulations have changed as of the end of uh, July. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to have bluefin in our waters for a little time. Could could you tell us what that new regulation is and how you're going to have to adjust to that? Well, the daily guide limit has changed from 10 fish per day per angler to 2 fish per day per angler. So if you're going on a multi-day trip, you're allowed to keep 6 bluefin tuna. So that would be 2 bluefin tuna per day for a 3-day bag limit for a total of 6 fish. So that's the big change, and it's a it's a it's a Pacific Ocean thing, and uh, you know all the countries in the Pacific Ocean have agreed to cut their take of bluefin tuna until there's an accurate uh, stock assessment. Japan has cut their take. Mexico has cut their take of bluefin tuna, and so that that's happened uh, with all the. Pacific Rim countries, and so uh, our part is that we have cut our back limit from 10 to 2. Now, with that regulation going into effect, that uh, uh, the bag limit for bluefin tuna is only 2 per fisherman for a day, how does that affect the limits 
for other tunas and other pelagic that the fishermen would be fishing for on, let's say, a three-day trip? Well, it doesn't affect it. Uh, the The regulation only changed for bluefin tuna. So, um, in California waters, yellowfin tuna would be ten still. Yellowtail would be ten if albacore were to go up, and that would be ten. So, the the only species that's affected is bluefin tuna. So, there is still going to be plenty of opportunity to catch some really great eating fish, even though this regulation has gone into effect. And it, and it seems like it, it it's time great because, as, uh, as you've talked about, we have, it looks like, another wave of yellowfin coming on up from the south. So that might be the fish that you're going to be going after for the next few months. Absolutely, yeah. I would anticipate that happening with the warm water that... Uh offshore here, I would say that that fish, you know, would move up into one-day range within 100 miles of San Diego. You know what's really neat to see, John, when we were on our trip? We saw saw small yellowfin tuna, small yellowtail, I mean trout-sized yellowtail, and small dorado, which means these fish are reproducing somewhere nearby. So it's really great to see because those fish are going to grow up, and next year they're going to be catchable-sized fish. So we should have a great year next year. And I don't know whether this water um, brought a particular whale that we saw. We saw a rare sighting, um, a pod of bare beak whales. And Art can tell you about them, but it was beautiful and what a sight. Yeah, Wendy, that's a great point about the fact that there's uh, a lot of small fish around that we release, and uh, that bodes well for the resource, and, and it uh, bodes well for the future of the resource that uh, everybody contributed to releasing those fish so that uh, they'll grow up and we'll have an opportunity to catch them in the future. So good to have anglers participate in that and you know, look to the, to the future and protect the resource. Now, Captain Art, we've been hearing that there's been a lot of fish within our, our coastal range, and but that when you go on out a little further, when you start going out to, to the Outer Banks and everything, that you, you're seeing beautiful water, but you're not seeing a lot of the pelagics, you're not seeing a lot of the bait. Uh, that was the information we had two or three weeks ago. Has that changed at all to your knowledge? Well, like I said, you know, there's plenty of uh, plenty of fish around. Uh, there's plenty of yellowfin tuna around, and, and there's a lot of small fish around. And um, there's definitely some sort of food source. We, we see a lot of black red crab, which is something that uh, all fish we get consume. And so uh, the reports that there's not a lot of bait around, I would dispute a little bit. I, there's plenty of food around for the fish to consume, and hopefully they'll settle in close to San Diego, and we'll have four months of great. Yeah, hey, we're, 
We are speaking with Captain Art Taylor from Searcher Sports Fishing. Captain Art, we got to take a break right now, but can we ask you to stay just a little bit longer with us? Absolutely. I'm happy to. All right. Hey, you're listening to Ron Real Radio. Wendy Toshahar is my guest uh, co-host tonight, or permanent co-host, I should say. Stan is out taking in a little culture at the uh, 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 down in Los Angeles. Uh, so he is uh, not with us tonight. We've got Captain Art Taylor. More of Rod and Reel Radio to come, but we've got a break for these commercial messages. We'll be right back. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. My Angler H2O. I will scent my lure with pride. And hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here and always Always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. And we do want to welcome you back to Rod Reel Radio. Hey, it is our pleasure to have owner-operator of Searcher Sports Fishing with us, Captain Art Taylor. And Captain Art, uh, you know, we're talking about just what a crazy roller coaster season this is. You know, here at the shop, we've got people coming in with their reels. They're, they're pulling reels out of the basement that haven't been used for years. Some of them are in a quandary. They think, well, maybe they should spool up a 20, 25-pound test line because uh, they hear the fish are skittish. Others are wanting to know, hey, is 60-pound too light? Should I be putting, uh, you know, 60-pound on my pen 113H or whatever it is? Uh, uh, there's a whole gambit in between. You, you want to tell us if someone is going out on search or sports fishing, 
what you are recommending with regards to, you know, gear that they take with them? Well, for instance, the boat's out on a three-day trip, and so you would probably need uh, three three outfits minimum. You don't need a trolling outfit because the boat can provide you with that, but you need a 25, a 40-pound outfit, and a 50 or 60-pound outfit, and don't forget to use Iser line. And um, <laughs> the uh, the best way that, that I could tell you would be... Um, if you have those three outfits as a minimum, and if for some reason you don't have those three outfits, then we have loaner tackle on board. But um, uh, the one thing that I would tell all anglers would be, you know, line is a pretty cheap investment, and so it's important before you go out on a trip to, to make sure that you get new line on your reels. And so, you know, if you're going on an overnight trip, you know, you probably just need 25 and 40 pound test and that can get you by and that would work for just about any application that's going on especially that larger yellow tail that's on kelp patties you can use 40 pound and a and a you know a number 40 hook and fly line a sardine out there it's pretty simple pretty basic um and so if you're going on a longer trip, if you're going on a five-day trip like Wendy was just on, then you need a, a little bit bigger outfit. You need a 60- or an 80-pound test out, outfit for fishing dropper loops close to the bottom. And um, a two-speed reel is always great to have in your arsenal. That way, if you you know, if you know, come across some, some bigger-grade fish, you have the right two-speed uh, application for that. And most people would... With their reels nowadays, they have the braided line Spectra or whatever manufacturer you have, the braided line there, 60 or 80-pound braided line, and and then you can put uh, a top shot of various sizes from 40 to 60-pound on, on braided line on a two-speed reel, and, and you can make that decision uh, right before you go on the trip. Uh, you could call down to whatever landing you're going on and get the latest information on what sort of fish is being caught, and then you could spool up that day when you get down to the landing. And or most boats, uh, like our boat, we have line available. So if uh, for some reason you need to spool up when you get there, then you can purchase line right on board the boat and and uh, get it as you need it, type of thing. So. Um, you definitely want the, you know, 25 to 80-pound test would be the minimum amount for a five-day trip, and and uh, that would be four outfits. And like I say, you want to include a two-speed two-speed reel uh, in those four outfits so that you're prepared if there's some heavier fish around. You know, when I was on Art's boat um, this past week, uh, I started out with 50-pound tests. I just figure, you know, if there's big fish around uh, in the beginning, as soon as we stop and they're, you know, throwing their chum line, you know, they're going to bite. So I start off with 50 pounds, and then when it starts getting tough, a little tougher, then I'll drop down in line class. But, um, you know, when we were on our trip, these fish were not line shy, and you can use 50 and horse those things in and hurry up and get back out there and get another one. So, you know, it just all really depends on, on, uh, on the fish. Like I said, you want to check um, right before you come down, and you can call our office or you can call 
you know, we run out of fishermen's landing, and so you could call fishermen's landing tackle and say, hey, what's biting? What I'm coming out um, tomorrow on on the searcher, and and the guys at fishermen's landing tackle uh, are happy to pass that information on so that uh, you come down with the with the correct gear. Craig, come on in. Hey, all right. I'll be with you in just a second. Hey, John. We're still on the air. Hello, John. Oh, Hello, Wendy. You can sit down or just stand up there and take well, a... Yeah. Well, for some reason, I guess I'll John come, um, off the air. Has, lost, has no idea what's going on. But, um, I can't you know, hear as anybody. Far as, as far as... Um, as our trip goes, let's talk about our our trip for a little while. Um, you know, going out on a five day trip and calling the landing and being prepared um, it, it is great. And for somebody who has only been on an overnight trip or a one day trip and jumping on to a five day trip, which a lot of people do, um, it's a it's a it's really you know a lot of people are intimidated to do that, but it's really not. Um, that different it's just longer um yeah you have to bring heavier gear uh just in case we go out and you know and and uh catch some big fish but you know it for for those of you that are listening and have never done it give the searcher give Celia a call um at searcher sport fishing and book yourself on a longer trip it's really nice you don't feel as rushed um when it comes to fishing you're more relaxed and uh it's a great time. We've got great, they've got great food on the boat. Uh, Charles, you know, we had a uh, rack of lamb. We've had, we had prime rib. We had all kinds of great food on the boat. And, and it's, it's just a really nice experience. Well, thank you for the Art, time. You have a few... What was that, Art? I said thank you very much for the kind words. Well, you have a few trips coming up, don't you? Um, and, and I, and I think you have room on a three day trip with Norm Fujimoto, uh, from Iserline. Yeah, that's correct. It's August 4th. It's just right around the corner. So yeah, we're, we have space available and, um, you know, they can book, uh, directly with our office, um, at Search for Sports Fishing or, or they can book through fisherman'slanding.com as well. So there's a couple options there. And do you have a phone number that they can call in just in case they don't have access to the Internet? Absolutely. Uh, the number at Search for Sport Fishing is 619-226-2403. And so that's a three-day trip. So do you, um, well, since it's just around the corner, do you have any idea on what you guys are going to do and what people will need for this three-day trip? Well, um it's uh, probably going to be fishing closer to home with this yellowtail that's on kelp patties, nice-sized yellowtail within 60 miles of San Diego. And there's some Dorado, and so you're, you, you know, you're going to be fishing live bait. And so you could get away with a 25- and 40-pound outfit and some 2.0 to 4.0 hooks and maybe a few sliding sinkers. And if you wanted to bring a... a uh, artificial lure or two you can do that as well and use that on your 40 pound outfit and so um there's lots of opportunities coming uh up here in the near future and they can also go on our website which is searchersportfishing.com and check our schedule for availability there 
there are some trips uh, coming up that have a spot or two available on it. And for the ladies or even the guys that are listening, we are in the we have something in the works with Celia and Jen, and we're hoping to put together an all ladies trip. And uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun. So you know, the 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 women in these guys' lives are going to realize why you need a rod for this and why you need a rod for that and why you kind of like, you know, when the ladies accessorize with their outfits. So they're going to be able to understand. Hopefully they'll enjoy it and they'll come back and we'll have more family fishing, just like we had on our trip where we had Adam, Jake, and Marcus on the trip. We had, you know, 13, 14, and 17-year-old kids on the boat, but, boy, these kids could fish. That's absolutely right, and, you know, our 2016 schedule will be coming out within the next uh, 30 to 45 days, and um, we'll certainly look forward to putting together a lady angler strip. That'll be a lot of fun. (laughs) Well, and also, um, you know, being that I was on your boat, and you have, you know, you've been fishing for a long time, and you like to give advice, and, you know, when it comes to fishing circle hooks versus J-hooks, um, you like to use J-hooks when it comes to fishing for yellowtail. I do, yeah. Circle hook is, has its place without a doubt. And, um, you know, a circle hook isn't necessary because there's, you know, a, a yellowtail doesn't have any teeth, so there's not a, an abrasion factor with the line, which, you know, the circle hook takes that out of the equation. So, um yeah, you don't you don't need circle hooks to fish yellowtail. That that is uh, definitely the case. You have more opportunity of hooking the fish with a J hook than you do with a circle hook. And so I would, if there's yellowtail in your future, then just use a standard J hook, and those work great. Yeah, you know, and it made a huge difference. I noticed with the passengers on the boat, um, as as far as um, their fishing abilities and what they could do, you know, with the different hooks. And it did make a huge difference. And learning how to tie a knot, if you don't know how to tie it, you know, let the deckhands do it. Your deckhands are are very capable. They're great guys, and um, they really know their stuff. So if you're unsure about what you're doing when you go out on these boats, the crew is there for you. You know, that's a great tip. Um, It doesn't make any difference what boat you go out on the you know, the crew has got real-time information because they're working just about every day, and so they they know what worked on the, the latest trip, and so they're a great source of information. And I would, I would encourage everybody that whenever you go out on one of these boats, whether it's a half-day trip to a, a seven-day trip, whatever the case may be, you know, you have a source of information there that is the crew. They're there to help. They want you to catch fish. They want you to have a good time. They want you to come back and... And so, you know, talk to the crew, ask questions, don't be shy. Uh, they're, they're very, very helpful, and, and uh, that's something that we can control is the service and, and the information that's passed out. So I would encourage everybody to make sure and talk to the crew when they go fishing. 
Yeah, that's great. And and so again, um, for people who want to jump on the searcher on this August fourth trip or any other trip that you guys have, um, can you give us our your website and a phone number? And and thank you very much for joining us tonight. I know you're calling from the sat phone, and uh, and uh, I hope you guys are doing well out there. Well, thanks again for the opportunity, Wendy. Yeah, if they want to. Uh, get in touch with Celia or Jen in the searcher office. It's 619-226-2403, or they can go to searchersportfishing.com on the Internet there, and you can click on the schedule, or you can click on the blog and get uh, some postings and look at some pictures from past trips. And and um, if you click on the schedule icon on the on the website there, it gives the latest yes. uh, information, and uh, you can check availability on trips in the future. Also, you guys have on your website, uh, Jen has asked the captain. So if anybody has a question on um, anything that has to do with fishing, go ahead and contact uh, the, the blog, and you can go ahead and ask the captain, and they'll actually get back to you with one of their captains because every single crew member on that trip, I believe, is a captain. That's correct, yeah, and we all have licenses. We're lucky with that, and so, yeah, it's a new fe- feature to the website, Ask the Captain, and so you can post your your uh, question on the website, and uh, one of us will get back to you with an answer. Well, thank you, Art, and I'm I'm glad you were able to connect with us tonight, and I know we probably have our next guest, and we have to go to a commercial break. I hear John out there, so uh, I want to thank you very much for joining us tonight, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you very much, Wendy. Take care. Thank you, John. You too. Thanks a lot. Captain Art Taylor, owner-operator of The Searcher, and, and Wendy, what a dynamic season they're having out there. And You've had the chance to take advantage and go out with them. I have, and, you know, what a great captain and great crew. We caught lots of fish. I mean, the first day we went out to Cedros Island, we limited out on yellowtail, and they were up to 35-pound yellowtail. So wow. uh, just just amazing. And, and to see those Baird's Beak whales, you know, that was a rare sighting. We saw a huge pod. Usually there's only one or two of them, and we probably had at least 20. Wow, did... Did, you know, I don't know whether or not uh, Captain had a chance to uh, answer the question, but uh, how do how do people figure out what the what gear to bring with with such a wide range of fish right now? Um, well, you know what he said was, is if you're going on a trip, call your landing where your boat's going out, contact your boat, and find out what exactly they want you to bring because on their website it should have a list of what size gear and what they want you to bring, but. Bring definitely, we talked about, you missed it, we talked about bringing J-hooks and circle hooks. Great. Because if you're going to an area that you have yellowtail, you don't want to use a circle hook. You want to use a J-hook. But if you go to where, there's the t- where the tuna are, you're going to want to use circle hook. All right. Well, we do want to thank Captain Art for being with us. As uh, Wendy mentioned, he was calling on a satellite phone. He's out on the water already. The, their schedule is something, uh, Wendy, the way they're coming in, turning these boats around, going out again. Oh, yeah, just boom, boom, boom. And, you know, that's what you get when, during the season. And, you know, all, all these trips are booking up, so you need to hurry up and get your spot on the boat because otherwise you're going to miss the boat. So, And I do know that August 4th, there's a light load going on the searcher. It's a three-day trip sponsored by Iserline. 
So right. give Celia a call at the landing and get on the trip. All right. Hey, we got to take a break right now, but coming up in the next hour, we have Craig Gio with us. And if you're familiar with the Gio name, you know it's one of the more honored names in San Diego here, not only for when it comes to fishing, supplying fresh fish, but for fine dining. We're going to talk about Anthony's and Anthony Seafood Restaurant and the Gio family, but we got to take a break right now. But coming up in the next hour, Craig Gio is going to be with us, so stay tuned. Wendy and I will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that fakie fluorescent pink bait or drag my hula popper through the mud. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed stumps, rocks, and submerged station wagons and outsmart the ravenous river otter. I will save water by taking shorter showers for higher lakes, and I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And Southern California, welcome back to the second hour of Ron Real Radio. Wendy Toshahara is with me tonight. 
And it is my pleasure to introduce to you a gentleman who is part of one of the richest traditions here in San Diego County. His family has been an integral part of the fishing communities for over 60 years. They've been involved with fishing, supplying fresh fish, and then allowing us as consumers to come on and enjoy fine dining in their restaurants. He is the owner-operator of Anthony's Restaurants here in San Diego County, Mr. Craig Gill. Craig, welcome to the show. Oh, hey, we love having you. Uh, you know, the Gio family has been here in San Diego, I know, since most of us can remember, but they had rather humble beginnings. Tell us a little bit about how the family started here in San Diego. Well, you know, my grandmother came to San Diego in 1925. You can't hear him, John. Okay, you got to talk. I'm sorry, Craig, you got to talk a little bit more into the, the microphone. Okay. All right. We seem to be having a little problem with Craig, and I don't know why, because he worked out really well. So, Craig, I'm going to change headphones with you here. So, tell us a little bit about your family here. All righty, John. I'm happy to do that. Um, you know, our family, of course, was Italian immigrants that came to the United States in uh, 1909, went to San Francisco first, where you know, we had two or three generations of uh, fishermen that fished uh, San Francisco Bay and outside, and then they moved to Santa Cruz and eventually to San Diego in 1925, where they opened up Sunset Fish Company, uh, where across from Lane Field at that time. That building, believe it or not, is still there on Broadway in the Navy Complex. If you ever go by there, you see a little arched windows and a tile thing. That was the family's original fish market back in 1925. Wow, so you were there when the, the uh, even the Padres uh, started playing there at Blaine Field. Yeah, you know, my dad, when he was a teenager, his first job was selling walk-away shrimp cocktails here at Lane Field. And now we have a stand at Petco Park, so it's come full circle. Well, tell us, how did the family get involved in the restaurant business? Well, and um, the boys went off to war, and my, my grandmother, Mama Gio, was uh, a widow. And she needed something to make money, and she had been making, you know, some soups and sauces and things for her brother's uh, fish market. And when the boys came back f uh, from the war, she had saved all the money they had sent her, and they opened up a little 16-seat diner down on the old ferry landing and in 1946. And it was her original recipes, her batters, her cocktail sauce, tartar sauce, things that we still make today by those same uh, old recipes and that is what uh, got her the start, is, uh, you know, that small diner. And then they, you know, we grew into eight to ten restaurants at one time from there. Wow. Anthony's has been synonymous with fine dining here in San Diego for a long time. And it's been one of the places when you people... can barely hear you, John. Yeah, it's been one of the places when people come into San Diego that they want to stop by and they want to come in and visit because they, you know, San Diego... Uh, uh, Anthony's is worldwide. You know, that has been so a neat tradition. We get, you know, with all these new uh, websites and customer comments like Yelp and TripAdvisor, one of the neatest things is to 
you know, especially during the summer, we have people from Arizona that come in. And they say the first thing we do when we go to San Diego is come and dine at Anthony's. And there's generation after generation of families that come and continue to dine with us. And it's also fun that, you know, they also come to Anthony's looking for what's new. You know, back in 1946, there weren't that many choices of seafood. And over the years, we've introduced things like Corvina and Baquetta and Sculp and the, the local sand dabs and sea bass. And, you know, we're the, one of the first ones to bring in Orange Ruffy and many of the other different species. So along with the restaurant side, we've also introduced to San Diegans numerous species that weren't served here in our city before. Well, uh, tell me, in light of that, uh, uh how were you supplied with the seafood? Because you must have had a tremendous amount of seafood going through and into your markets because I know at one time over in Lovelock, you actually had your own processing plant. Yeah, we processed our own fish starting in basically 1946, and we did that all the way to about five or six years ago. And we had a 30,000-square-foot warehouse over there on Lovelock Street. We had a team of 15, 20 butchers over there. And, you know, we worked with uh, Tony Giacalone and Carlos Sanfilippo and so many of the local fishermen um, that would go out and really take care of their catch. You know, they'd be day boat trips. They would ice their fish. You know, there was such a great deal of care taken in how they handled that fish that we always supported those local fishermen. And then we were able to get that fish in, get it cut, taken care of, and out to our guests Oftentimes the same day it was sent in. Right. Well, the um, uh, the supply of fish, though, over the years has changed. You used to have actually your own fleet almost, did you not? Well, never really our own fleet, but my third desk drawer down, which I inherited from my dad, had pink slips for all kinds of repairs and maintenance on a lot of guys' <laughs> ship, uh, uh, boats. So, you know, I guess... Did we own it? Well, we may have had possession of the pink slip, so maybe quasi-fleet. Tell us about the supply of fish today, because it seems like it's a lot more internationally. We're talking, you know, a lot of local fish, fish that comes mm -hmm. from the southern waters. We, we like to do that. There's a whole big controversy about farm-raised product. Tell us about, you know, where you gather your source of supply for fish today. Well, it is a worldwide search today for seafood. Um, you know, the local items are still the most popular. When we can get sculpin and we can get our local white sea bass and swordfish, uh, our local halibut, I mean, those are the things that sell the best. But, you know, this time of year I'm getting in wild king salmon from Alaska, fresh um, halibut from Alaska. You know, from the Philippines and those areas, they're flying in mahi-mahi and some of the tunas. Uh, you're getting sea bream from the Mediterranean, uh, and you're getting a few East Coast uh, fish also flown in. So it's a much more wide-ranging um, procurement process than it used to be. You know, it used to be just those local fish that we would have, and we really wanted to feature those. And now people are so much more traveled than they were before that you've got to have more things from more areas to satisfy the guests today. Right. You know, back in, uh, oh, it was the uh, early 1980s, I had a chance to get together with, I think it was your father, uh, uh, Tony Anthony uh, Gale. Yeah, that's my uncle. Yeah. That was your uncle. Yeah, he's still around at 94. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And we were doing a promotion at one of the first day at the docks, and I was writing for the magazine, and we wanted to do something so that the people 
that were there at the event would come by and stop by and visit our magazine. So I did an interview at that time with uh, your Uncle Tony, and I had a chance to speak to your mom, Mama, Mama Gio, Catherine Gio, and she was kind enough to give me her ceviche recipe. And I've got to tell you that we made ceviche for one day at the docks that we served over 1,100 servings of Mama Gio ceviche, and we were out by 11 o'clock in the afternoon. And it was, it was just something. And, and that's just one of the things that I think you're still doing. You're still using a lot of uh, Mama Gio's, uh, Gio's recipes uh, in the restaurant today, are you not? Oh, yes. You know, we have at our La Mesa location an area of our kitchen dedicated for commissary preparation. And, you know, we do about 16 of the original sauces uh, that uh, Mama Gio came up with, both the New England and the Manhattan-style chowder, uh, the batter that we uh, do our fried seafood in, cocktail sauce, tartar sauce, our house dressing, our house Louis dressing. And every now and then, you know, because we do large batches now, they'll get a little out of sync or an ingredient will change. And I go back to my special locked um, file cabinet and pull out our handwritten recipes that are for like two-gallon batches. And we'll recreate those based on those original documents and go, oh, that's what we're missing or that's what's changed. So we're always able to correct a little bit when we need to. I think uh, when you come down through the years, any time you, you try and repeat something for so long, ingredients, strength of ingredients, or availability of ingredients change, and uh, it's hard to duplicate those things. But your customers, when they come into the restaurant, and maybe they haven't been in the restaurant for 10 or 12 years, but they had a, a great experience of the restaurant, they want to come in and experience the same thing they experienced 10 years ago. You know, that is one of the unique things in the restaurant business today. You know, so many restaurants come and go. You know, they're good for three or four years. They disappear. Or you have a hot chef that his style of food takes over a restaurant. You know, Anthony's has been a lot more traditional. There's probably 40 items on our menu we had 50 years ago. And they're still great items. Have we modernized and changed? You bet. But when you come in for... Mama's fish and chips, or you come in for a bowl of her chowder, or the fried shrimp, or Mama's crab cake. Those are kind of, to us, sacrosanct kind of uh, recipes that we just don't fool around with. We had just last week uh, people that hadn't been, they had their first wedding anniversary dinner at Anthony's in La Mesa. This was the first time back in San Diego since that day. They had their 25th wedding anniversary. They were able to order the exact same menu items, and believe it or not, it was served by the same server. Oh, my God. Kathy, who it was her third day on our schedule 25 years ago, and she's still working there today. And it was like a total deja vu experience for those guests. And that's fun. Hey, I want, I want to bring in my uh, co-host, Wendy. Wendy, you still there? I am. Oh, uh, Hey. Have you ever had the opportunity to uh, uh, stop by Anthony's? And uh, I know you're tremendous on ceviche and, and pokey and ahi and stuff like that. Uh, try some of the bill de fair there. I have not been in there, not at all. I'm always, whenever I go to San Diego, I'm on the water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I understand that, you know, but, uh, you know, Wendy, my co-host, 
she's Japanese-American. Mm-hmm. She uh, uh, is an expert in making things like pokey and fresh ahi and, and cervices and stuff like that. Do you have uh, 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 things on your menu like that that people can, can enjoy? Oh, yes. You know, we do a really nice, more modernized ahi stack uh, that we do with the fresh ahi, avocado, pineapple. Um, you know, it has the, uh, with a wasabi aioli on top. Um, my pokey recipe that I developed about 15 years ago won the Big Island Pokey Contest about 10 oh, years wow. ago. And that was kind of fun. What uh, what Big Island is that? The the Coronado big, Island? Uh, no, the Big Island of Hawaii. <laughs> so you know, a, uh, a you know uh, a mainlander actually won the pokey contest over there, and that was kind of fun. That's pretty good. Uh, you know, Wendy is just salivating right mm-hmm. now because I think that's one of her uh, her uh, favorite dishes. Uh, Wendy, uh, I've got to tell you that uh, if you've not had a chance to eat at an Anthony Seafood restaurant. It's as good as you can make at home, and the variety of fish dishes that they have there are just like nothing you will find anywhere else. It's like uh, almost going to uh, a Hong Kong or Singapore where you go out to the fish market, you pick your own fish, you bring it into the restaurant, and you cook it yourself. The variety of fishes over there are, are just incredible, and the quality, always good. Well, the next time I'm in San Diego, I'm going to have to stop by and have lunch or dinner. All right. You know, Anthony's Fish Grotto in La Mesa, a lot of people are familiar with Anthony's on the water. Tell us a little bit about the Fish Grotto in La Mesa. You know, that restaurant was opened in 1961, and it's always amazing. Sometimes you have longtime La Mesans that will come in and go, I didn't even know this was here. Uh, I find that kind of surprising. What's unique about La Mesa, Anthony's, that I call it a destination restaurant. It actually sits on a small private lake and it, it with fountains and, you know, there's patio areas to dine. There's pet-friendly dining along the lake. There's a private party cabana. We even put in a bocce ball court. And pretty soon we're going to be, during a happy hour, more for adults than kids to start with because I've got to look at the safety issues. Um, we want to do a um, catch-and-release happy hour and let people come over and fish in our private lake. And when I get ready to do that, John, I'm going to announce that on your show, and you'll be the first one to invite guests. Craig, I appreciate that. Hey, we're going to have to take a break right now. We're speaking with Craig Gio. He's owner and operator of the Anthony's Restaurants here in San Diego. We're going to talk a little bit about the present and the future of the restaurants because there is a specific reason why I asked Craig to come along other than reminiscing about his uh, fantastic family and the, the history of the restaurants. But you're going to have to wait for just a minute. We've got to take a break right now. This is Rod and Reel Radio on AM540 or at rodandreelradio.com. Stay tuned. Still more to come with Craig Gill.
Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook, and at our webpage at ChiefSportFishing.com. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. Back to Rod and Real Radio. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy, and we have with us Wendy Toshihara, my co-host tonight. And with us is the owner-operator of Anthony's Seafood Restaurant. It's been operating here in San Diego for almost 60 years. 
by the Giel, the Giel family, one way or the other. And, Craig, we want to thank you very much for being with us. My pleasure, John. Great to be here with you. You know, one of the iconic restaurants on the San Diego waterfront for many, many years has been Anthony's. How long has that uh, facility been there on the waterfront? That restaurant was opened in 1964. And it's a funny story how that got started. Uh, my dad was on the way to our restaurant that was on Pacific Highway in Laurel, where Budget Rent-A-Car is. And it was the middle of August. There was, on a Friday afternoon, there was one car on the entire Embarcadero, SDG&E guy eating a sack lunch on the back of his truck. And that was the total activity on our waterfront. My dad marched into Don Ney's office and said, let me put a restaurant there and let's get this waterfront moving. And kind of the rest is history. The Maritime Museum moved over, hotels came in, and the waterfront has bloomed ever since. So was there any building for you to uh, get into? or No, we built that building from scratch. The pilings were put in, and it was, uh, uh, you know, in today's dollars, that was a $12 million building. Wow. Now, there are many interesting aspects of that building, obviously, the view of San Diego Bay looking over to Point Loma. But one of the unique features, and I don't know if there are very many other restaurants on San Diego Bay that has this, you can actually drive your boat up to the dock, and you want to take it away from there? Yeah, we do have a, uh, a, a dock at our restaurant where, especially during the summertime, we get dozens of people every day that... You know, it's not a giant dock, so it's, you know, we can get three or four boats on there. They come in, they have a cocktail, they'll have some lunch. Uh, you know, it's part of using the bay. I've always been a little surprised why, you know, the port or the city hasn't done more to invite the boating public to kind of use their boats to use the city, even go up to Little Italy, go to the ball game, stuff like that. Seems so many other cities have done a good job with that. But it's mostly left to our, uh, like Anthony's or a private place, to provide dock space. So the the restaurant has been there since '64, and we're you know we're you know fast forwarding up to 2014, 2015 now, and it seems like the port is going around. We've talked to uh, Larry Bonham over at uh, 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 Valley High. And he went through a major renovation over there. I think the port was actually trying to do something else with that land than have a restaurant there. And Larry finally worked it out with them that he'd do a major renovation over there to keep the Bally High over at Shelter Island. And now, tell us, are we running into the same situation now with Anthony's Restaurant? Because we hear the port saying, you know, we'd like to do something to maybe put a real iconic institution or business on the waterfront for people to enjoy and then we scratch our heads and we go wait a minute isn't there already one there uh that's certainly our feeling uh you know they did um we are in the process of trying to negotiate an extension uh to our lease which is up in a year and a half and we've presented the port with a nearly 12 million dollar renovation plan uh spectacular new architecture uh, the same grotto and fishette, but a brand, two brand-new restaurant operations at that location, plus a fab, fabulous rooftop bar that we're putting in. Yet, even with that, the port's kind of hedging their bet and going, well, is there something other uh, that could be better out there? Uh, so they put out a request for a proposal. They call it an RFP. 
And in the RFP, they said, iconic restaurant location available. And in a meeting, I raised my hand and said, you know, kind of the people that put iconic into the restaurant are sitting right here. Hello. (laughs) You know, not only an iconic restaurant, uh, back in another lifetime, I was in the aerospace industry, and I would have many Japanese customers come into San Diego because at that time they were doing work on 747s and whatever it is. And the Japanese, after work, because they work hard, but after work, they like entertaining, and they like to be entertained. And one of the places that they would always want to go to is Anthony's, but they wanted to go to, at that time you had it open, the Star of the Sea Room. And it was a place where not only you could get some of the greatest seafood in San Diego, but it was fine dining at its best. I remember the Japanese customers would come in and... At that time, you could order a five-course meal, six-course meal. They'd be eating their great, your great seafood, and they'd have a wild turkey in one hand and a Coors in the other hand, and this was great dining for them. And even at that time, compared to Japanese prices, it was a steal and a half. One of the, one of the iconic dishes I remember having there was the abalone gourmet, and it it seems incredible now, but for you people that never experienced it, you could go to Anthony Star of the Sea Room, and they would bring out a whole abalone. And this abalone was lightly sautéed. I don't know if it was in a garlic butter or whatever it was. And it was fork tender. Craig, how did yeah. you make that dish like that? Uh, you know what? That was that was my dad, Todd Gio's, uh one of his signature dishes. And... When he worked at the fish market, which he did for 50 years, he would basically himself take those whole white and pink abalone, or Sorensons they called them, and he would trim those himself and then pound those himself. He used to pound them from the middle in little concentric circles, working that thing out so the thing was 8 to 9 inches in diameter and maybe a half to 3 quarters of an inch thick. And he would take his time on those. And I tell you, when those things were cooked up, it was they just melted in your mouth. And it was an absolute signature dish for the Star of the Sea. And, you know, it was a value for the money. Because, uh, you know, you, okay, you could go out and you could get lobster or you could get crab. But you could get this tremendous abalone dish. And I don't yeah. think you can do that anywhere now almost. Uh, and it was a value yeah. at that time. Well, you know, there's farm-raised abalone, but it's really not even worth the effort. Yeah. You know, I've tasted it. They need to mature longer than that to have that flavor that you're, that iconic um, abalone flavor. So, and you know, at eighty-five or ninety dollars a pound, that you get some of it from Mexico. You know, now you're talking a very expensive dish compared to the way it used to be. Wow. Uh, I mentioned the Star of the Sea Room. It was a place that I like to go on on special occasions, mm-hmm. and we did anniversaries, birthday parties. Uh, not not for my budget, every time fair, but a, a place indeed that was special. What happened to the Star of the Sea Room, and is there a future for it? Oh, absolutely. You know, the Star of the Sea was, you know, the place to be for fine dining in San Diego. You know, there was a time when we had Lou Box, Mr. A's, and the Star of the Sea. Star of the Sea was three weeks in advance to get a booking. 
um, cart service. It was in an era when, you know, being a waiter was a craft and not, hi, Joe, I'm taking good care of you. Um, and it was a totally different era. You know, it was coat and tie. It was formal. You respected the people that dined with, in the same room with you. And then all of a sudden, it changed. You know, people with money came in and said, if I want to wear shorts, why can't I wear shorts? I can afford it. I can buy this restaurant. And But we said, what about the guy that saved for a whole year to come and take his wife on his anniversary? Don't you owe it to them to show a little respect? But people changed. And, you know, the tie was gone. The coat was gone. And, you know, then when we had the recession in 2008, we just decided at that time to use it as a uh, special event center. And we're are in a remodeling plan. It will be an entirely new restaurant called Harbor and Ash. It'll be a um, seafood-centric, small plate um, restaurant with very unique types of dishes. And we'll have a few of the old signature star items that we serve in the upstairs, which will be an open-air cocktail lounge overlooking the Maritime Museum in San Diego Bay. So some of the old favorites like... Um, Coquille Veronique and the Clams Casino and things like that that were star items. We're going to bring those back for little old-school apps. Yeah, my mouth is watering. Oh, They're me too. Well, those are great dishes. I yeah. mean, you introduced so many people to eating seafood that probably weren't uh, used to it and got them you know, on a seafood trend uh, that is probably countless. But talk about uh, just a little bit looking into the future the availability of good fresh seafood because I've got to imagine items just like shrimp. Shrimp is the most demanded product of almost any seafood product in the world because everyone, er, every culture eats shrimp in one way or the other. And then when you start adding on where we think that uh, we're deplenishing the seas of certain species of fish, what, what does the supply of fish look like going into the future that you can see? Well, I think my hope is that the commercial and the sport sectors and the environmental sector, you know, come to a better conclusion and work a little bit better to both protect our oceans, provide recreational activity, and provide seafood for people to dine on. Um, There are going to be supply issues. People already now complain to me about the price of seafood, you know, with... I'm paying my price for Alaskan halibut and salmon, you know, somewhere between 15 and $18 a pound. There's so many seafood items that are in that price range, and they go, why is this so expensive? And I said, well, because what's the last price you paid for filet mignon? Well, $40 at Ruth Chris. Well, that filet mignon is cheaper than my halibut. That filet mignon is cheaper than my lobster. That filet mignon is cheaper than my salmon. So... I think people are going to have to look at seafood in some areas as a, a little bit more of a luxury item. Well, I know when I go to the Anthony's uh, Fish Grotto or Anthony's Restaurant Harborside that uh, I'm getting a quality product. I'm getting it prepared really well. And that I can come and I can get the same quality that I expected 15 years ago. And that's uh, in part from your oversight to make sure that that happens because it's a family business. It's not some big corporation that's uh, headquartered in Minneapolis. No, I go, you know, I'm there six days a week. I take a look at all the seafood that comes in. 
I work with our purveyors on a, a regular basis. You know, little things like, you know, the wild shrimp. You know, you got to have the right kind of shrimp in the restaurant. You can't have black tigers and those glassy, rubbery things. I mean, that's not what you serve. You know, you got to have fresh day boat scallops. You can't serve frozen ones from someplace. I mean, you got to serve the guest the kind of quality that, you know, has made us, you know, last this this year, 69 years, next year will be 70. Wow. That's dog lives in any other business. <laughs> and to last in the restaurant, yes. And, and so we have felt that the quality and trying to keep the price as reasonable as possible has been the hallmarks to our success. In the future, will yeah. we be eating at an Anthony's uh, on Harborside, uh, do you believe? Well, you know, of course, that decision is up to the commissioners of the Port of San Diego. You know, we presented with them a fantastic new project. Um, we are the ones that help build the port. I mean, we were there before there was a port of yeah. San Diego. And, you know, who are they going to replace us with that can do a better job? I just don't see it happening. Um so we fully expect the port to do the right thing and uh, extend the lease and keep, you know, really one of the most historic, iconic, well-known restaurants in all of San Diego. People know Anthony's throughout the world. And is there, there anything, isn't somebody that can replace us. Yeah. Is there anything that the public can do to help? Can we write letters? Can we send an email? Can we make phone calls? Um, we've had a, a email campaign to commissioners at portofsandiego.org and we've had literally thousands of customers send thousands of emails uh, asking the port, you got to be kidding me. You know, they've been here forever. They still do a great business. They're still profitable. They still take care of their guests. Uh, why would you replace an iconic, historic San Diego restaurant? So we would love it for any of the listeners to you know, send an email to commissioners at portofsandiego.org and let them know how they feel. And, Craig, you can find out more about Anthony's uh, restaurants. You have a great website. Yes, we do. It's uh, www.gofishanthonys.com, and uh, it tells the whole story from my grandmother's early years in Riva Tregoso, Italy, to the trip across the ocean, to opening her first restaurant, and to where we sit today with the port, and there's some pictures of the fabulous new building. We're going to basically take the existing structure down to the studs and redo the entire thing. Um, the Bally High was a beautiful remodel. Ours is a reincarnation, reinvention. It's totally different. Well, Craig Gio from Anthony's Restaurants, not only do we look forward to dining with you again, but we look forward to uh, maybe that new venture that you have by better use of that lake that's in back of Anthony's Fish Grotto in La Mesa. And if you've never been to Anthony's Fish Grotto in La Mesa, it's right on Murray. Uh, it's between uh, Severin and Main Street. You can see it off the freeway. Give it a try if you can't make it out to the waterfront. It is definitely worth the price of admission. Craig, thanks a lot for being with us. Much success. We're going to check in with you from time to time just to see how things are going. Great. We are supposed to hear from the port in the next couple of weeks where their decision is, and I'll be certain to let you know. All right. Craig Gio from Anthony's Restaurant. Hey, we've run a little over time. Coming up next, Captain James Nelson is going to be with us with a Southern California Inshore Report. 
This is Wendy and John on Rod and Reel Radio, AM 540 or at com. Stay tuned. Still more to come. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. My angler H2Oath. Like the mighty flounder, I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves. I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate day. Aye. I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet, the 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 at H&M Landing in San Diego. It has a really comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh as the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure Two online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Well, we kind of mixed up the schedule a little bit tonight and changed some guys around. Phil Friedman is uh, in Loretto right now enjoying the hospitality of the uh, people there in Loretto. And we asked Captain James Nelson... If he could call in a little bit later on the show so that we could get Captain Art Taylor on. And we do have Captain James now with the Southern California Inshore Report. Captain James, thanks a lot for waiting a little bit to get your report in. How are you doing, sir? I'm I'm doing fine. Who is this? (laughs) This is uh, Captain James Nelson. Who did I call you tonight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why did you call me? <laughs> How's it going there, John and Wendy? Did we, did we wake you up? I know you've had a busy <laughs> schedule this month. Yeah, one of my long-needed naps here. <laughs> but, hey, you know, if we get to sit around and talk fishing, why not? Hey, well, you know, maybe we can do that. You know, we 
I just asked uh, uh, you know, Craig Gio from Anthony's Restaurant to come over here because I thought it was kind of ironic. One of the most iconic institutions and families here in San Diego, the Port District, comes up and goes, hey, you know, we want to... We want to kick you out of your spot, and we want to put in something that's iconic here. So uh, uh, what do you think? And uh, uh, anyway, that's here and there. It's time for the Insure Report. How's the fishing? The fishing is great, John. You know, uh, what can you say? I mean, it's just we, we live in a great area that's right now just being blessed by a lot of really good water and a lot of good fish coming with it. Well, you know, last uh, uh, week, Jim, uh, we were talking about uh, you taking out uh, uh, some of the guys here from Angler's Arsenal. Uh, you were going to go out and you're going to try and catch some fish, and I think that turned out to be a pretty good trip for you. We did. We went around and uh, looked for some tuna for a little bit, and I told the guys, I said, look, we could stick with this. We found tuna. They weren't biting. So we could stick with this and maybe find some to bite, or you want to go get some yellowtail? And they said, yellowtail? So we went and got some yellowtail, <laughs> and uh, it was pretty fun. Got some barracuda, got some yellowtail, got some calicos. I mean, we just had a blast right on the coast. You know, and I think that's really one of the advantages when going out with a charter like yours. Uh, the the tuna trip, you know, the tuna's been off and on, and, and uh, I don't know how many reports we've said that people have gone out looking for the tuna. They weren't biting. Other places they were biting. Then we come back, and this yellowtail bite that we're seeing is phenomenal, not only with the numbers, but actually the quality of the fish. Yeah, the, the quality is great, and it's unlike, you know, unlike our bass right now on our lakes, it's, you've got to be the first couple boats out there to get bit. These yellowtail right now, they're biting whenever, so it really gives you a chance to First thing in the morning, go go play around a little more offshore if you want to. And if you find that, that magic patty and you catch the fish on it, great. If not, you got a backup plan. And that's and that's nice because usually your backup plan gets gets a little beat up by the time you decide to take it because the, they just don't bite after some, a certain time of day. But right now, it doesn't matter. There's guys going out there at 930, going right to their yellowtail spot, catching a bunch of yellowtail and going home. I mean, it's just it's really good. Well, you know, and it's great talking about this bait, this bite, you know, on our offshore area outside of San Diego Bay uh, or Mission Bay. We're not having to go too far away from it, but there's still a big group of people that are going, well, you know, that's all fair and good, but we don't have the time to do it, or we don't have the gear, we don't have the inclination. We want to stay and see what's happening inside San Diego Bay or Mission Bay, and How's the fishing there still, Jim? Well, you know, San Diego Bay is really good right now, John, and it, and it is funny because uh, if you've looked at my schedule over the last couple of weeks, you've noticed that's how it goes. I'll have uh, four or five customers in a row that want to do one type of fishing, then I'll have four or five that want to do another, and then every once in a while we mix it up where it's going back and forth, but this week was all all bay after uh, we did Chuck's trip, so it was it was fun. It gave me a chance to really reacquaint with what we were doing some guys wanted to fish for bonefish and some folks wanted to fish for sharks and you know the bay bass are always willing to provide so it's just really good right now and you can you can really get i don't know if you've seen some of the pictures these butterfly rays i haven't seen butterfly rays this abundant in years and 
we're getting them, you know, three or four at a time in one spot, and they're big. Well, you know, you're, you're, we're talking about bay fishing. You've, you, you said that, hey, you've gone out all this week, but I follow you on Facebook, Jim, and for some reason I saw that you were able to sneak in a trip there where there were some fish with green backs on them. What happened there? Well, it was pretty pretty neat. I had a, a grandpa local in town, has his grandsons visiting, and said, you know what? I want to really want to get these boys out uh, and do uh, two different trips. He said, I want to do lake one day and the bay the next. What do you think we should do? Which order? And uh, we looked at the schedule and saw I had a Friday, Saturday. I said, well, you know, the lake's going to be better on Friday. Let's go there. And then Saturday we'll go in the bay. And that's what they did. And, and the boys each caught their personal best largemouth, so that was fun. Nice. And then, uh, then the next day they caught critters that they can't catch back home in Kansas, so that was really fun. You know, and you know, it seems like every week or every other week, I am still amazed that you're catching bonefish in the bay. And with the water heating up the way it is, I mean, we've been talking about along the beaches that in some places there's uh, water that's 74 degrees, 75 degrees. What are you finding with the temperature in the bays? And are are they affecting the bonefish or the, the fish that you find in shallower water? You know, I think it does, John, and I think a lot of it, uh, what happens is this is the time of year that those bonefish are not on the same spot over and over. Uh, from February to about early June, uh, they're on their spawning grounds, and, and I've got those spots marked, and I could go one day, come back three weeks later, and go the, go the same spot. Right now, without spending a lot of time chasing them over and over and over, I think most most of our our day is spent finding them. Once you find them, you can usually catch a few, but they're not schooled up like they will be again in October, November. So right now you still can catch bonefish, but it's going to be more sporadic. You're going to catch one here, one there. But come uh, October, November, when that water starts cooling down again, they'll start tightening up their schools, and then you could really start catching them. But, yeah, they're still biting. We're still getting them. It's just a lot more work and a lot more bycatch in between. Well, you know, there's a whole uh, uh, series of the population that are just crazy about going after spotted bay bass. We we see them here in the shop with the lures that go out, predominantly spotted bay bass uh, lures. Uh, uh, are those fish, are they going into deeper water, too, where normally you find them in the shoal water? Are you finding them more in the channels, or do they stay pretty much in the same area? Well, we're finding them all over, but there's still some that are spawning, believe it or not, and those fish tend to be a little deeper. Uh, we're finding them anywhere from, say, from the midway back all the way uh, towards the bridge, in the in and around the channel edges. And the real, the real fun part about that is that when you find them and they're on their spawn, again, they're, they're a schooling fish when they do that. And you could just sit on one spot and just load the boat. And... Uh, w- you know, uh, in order to keep a fish, which I know you don't keep a lot of fish, but to keep the fish, uh, uh, spotted bay bass, they have to at least be 14 inches. Are you finding a lot of 14-inch fish, or are they still uh, really mixed? It's a good mix. I mean, we are finding some. Um, most of those are going to be your deep water spawners or the ones that are up and around uh, cover and structure, dock piling, that type of thing. Uh, if you're out on the grass flats in San Diego Bay, you're not going to find a lot of the bigger ones. Now, Mission Bay, it, it can be quite the opposite. A lot of times those will be the ones out on the grass flats, especially if you see birds diving. You've got a lot of bait moving around the water. 
either mullet hatchlings or some chovies got back in there. And you'll you'll find those fish. They'll they'll just terrorize the area, and that's where you'll find the bigger ones in Mission Bay. You know, and Jim, one of the things I like when we uh, recommend uh, that uh, people go on out with you, we do have uh, a granddad that comes in that wants to take his young grandkids or. Uh, you know, the father of a young family wants to take the kids out, start them going. They can book with you and go on out, and there's a, a real economy and value by doing that because you can get three or four people on your boat, and by the time they finished, you know, paying your fee, they would have paid a lot more to have to have gone out on on one of the other uh, uh, you know boats that they can go out here in San Diego or in North County up there. So you offer a lot of value but a lot of personal service to your clients. Well, I try to give them something, you know, if, uh, that, and that's just what, that's just the way I look at it is, you know, if it was me taking one of my friends or family from out of town, what would I expect? And that's, that's all I try to give, you know, one thing I can't do is, is make the fish bite. I can just go to the places where they should be biting. We'll try the lures and the baits that they should be biting on. But one thing I can do is try to at least have a good time about it and, and relay that to the customer. So if we have fun, great. We're going to have fun. If we catch fish, bonus. Well, <laughs> we're not going to catch fish, but yeah, how Wendy, we do it and quickly. when we do it. <laughs> Wendy? I have a quick question. Um, if somebody wanted to keep a yellowtail that they caught or, or a fish that they caught, do you also fillet? Yes, ma'am, I do. And fillet and ziplock. Except for now, when it comes to tuna, we're going to fillet them back off the water. Cause I, I, so I, until I get a diagram, I'm not going to figure out his, this whole tuna <laughs> fillet thing. Someone's got, to, someone's got to draw me some pictures on that one. All right. <laughs> Captain James, people want to get a hold of you, find out what your schedule is, book a trip. How's the best way to do it? Well, they could reach me online. I know you have a link there at Rod and Reel Radio, too. That's a pretty cool little thing. And uh, Or they could call me, 619 619- Three nine five zero seven nine nine. Captain James, I know you're a busy guy. Thanks for adjusting your schedule to be with us tonight. We look forward to speaking to you again next week. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Now I get to go get dessert, so thanks a lot. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wendy, I want to thank you, too, with uh, arranging it that uh, uh, Captain Taylor could be with us and uh, sharing some of the uh, great adventure that you had on the searcher, and, and we got to tell people, whether it's the searcher or any of the other boats go out, if you've got time to go fishing, do it. Make your reservations now. Wendy, thanks a lot. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next week, John. All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. On behalf of Stan and Wendy, also JR in the AM 540 studio, also Ben Harvey, thank you, Ben, for making us sound so good and all the great commercials that you help us produce. And always, in memory of Big Tuna Bill, We want to thank our entire audience for listening tonight. Keep safe. Get on out there. If you're going to go saltwater fishing, book now. Book off and enjoy it because the season of 2015 is going to be the good old days real soon. And you want to make sure you can talk about it that you didn't miss it. So on behalf of all of us, good night. Have a safe week on the water. We're out for now. Take care, everybody.